I'm Logan Crawford, and right now on Spotlight, we're speaking with Dr. Marjorie Runyon. She is a well-respected practitioner of Jungian psychotherapy and medical Qigong, splitting her time between Colorado and Southern France, with a particular focus on the unique psychology of twins, reflected in works such as her first book, Do Twins Dream Twin Dreams?, and the newly released The Dow of Twins, A Heroine's Journey. She brings a deep and unparalleled understanding of twin dynamics to her readers. We are delighted to have this very thoughtful and articulate and eloquent author join us here today on Spotlight. We thank the team at Bridge Literary Media for helping us put her in the spotlight today. And we ask viewers like you to support writers like her by subscribing to our channel. Doctor, so good to see you here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege. Oh, the privilege is all mine. I appreciate your time. What started or piqued your curse, uh, curiosity in studying twins? Well, in the first place, I was born a twin. Okay. In fact, I was conceived a twin. Uh, my twin sister, Melinda, and I made a decision back in 1948 uh, that we would come here together and that we would experience the twin world and take a twin journey together. Wonderful. And so uh, we were born in Cincinnati, Ohio, and the rest is history. I'm now 75 years old. I spent 39 years of my life with my sister in the twin world, in that miraculous place, and 36 years now since without her. And mm. so I've lived with a foot in each camp, shall we say, and the twin world is my favorite. Are Were you guys fraternal twins or identical twins? We were and are, I consider myself still a twin, mm -hmm. identical twins. Wow. We share the same interests, the same mannerisms, the same, same aptitudes. Uh, we mirrored each other. We bonded together, never mind the parents, they're superfluous. And uh, so if I ever wanted to know who am I, all I had to do was look at Melinda. Amazing. And so the identity uh, struggles of singles, shall we say, are dissimilar from twins. We know already who we are. Yeah. And we can yeah. see. And it's uh, uh, the greatest privilege. We also have miraculous powers. We also uh, can um, uh, change worlds. We know that together we can trump any single and that if we stick together and hold hands that we will be able to do miracles at any time. And we did. We went through our lives enjoying that miraculous state. Amazing. Amazing. Um, twins, when I was growing up, were a rarity. There was maybe one set of twins in the entire school, maybe. Now every classroom has a set of twins because of the miracle of science. Um, is there a difference between these lab-created twins and uh, naturally created twins? Well, yes. Uh, number one, the frequency, as you mentioned. Uh, twins in 2015, I'm sure it was much less in 1948, uh, were uh, identical twins, one in 250 births. Right. Whereas fraternal twins, whether engineered in a lab or uh, whether it's two uh, eggs uh, 
uh, matching up with two sperms are about one in 30 births uh, uh, in the modern world. And so there are quite a few more twins. Now fraternal twins, of course, are a little bit different because they don't resemble each other any more than siblings would, however, genetically. However, they did spend that period of those nine months bonding together. And many twin researchers will say that the bonding that took place in uh, prenatally is the most significant aspect of twinship, hmm. that we have a long history together, beginning at conception, in learning how to, shall we say, share a small space. Yeah, yeah. You're actually gestationally, you know, intertwined for nine months, which is amazing. And we know how important human touch is. And you're experiencing human touch in utero, which is wonderful. The twins begin to interact at about 16 weeks. They're already gesturing and touching each other. And of course that develops into a, a separate language that many of us have, particularly on the identical side. Uh, and uh, it does enable us to learn to experience a type of love that uh, is almost indescribable. Mm -hmm. It's a love of uh, self and the other. Freud, we would say in object relations where uh, the object is the self. Yeah. And so uh, we bring to the world a, a tremendous capacity to teach love. And I think that's one of the reasons why I have been blessed to have an excellent psychotherapy practice. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, I followed the, the work of Dr. Carl Jung, uh, dreams, archetypes, et cetera, depth psychology. And so I'm able to go deeper inside, I think, and bond more quickly with my clients because of my experience as a twin. Amazing. It's fascinating. And I could literally talk to you all day about it. And I'm sure you have a million stories to talk about your special connection with your twin, Melinda. Um, and I'd love to hear them. But let's first talk about your book, The Tao of Twins, A Heroine's Journey. Let's give the folks at home the big picture. What's the book about? Well, at the age of 39, I received a phone call from my sister, Anne, who's seven years younger. Melinda and I were the firstborn. Actually, I was the secondborn twin. I was lucky I wasn't left out in the wilderness, you know, yeah. uh, uh, like many were. Yeah. Uh, and my sister, Anne, said to me, I have the hardest thing to tell you that I'm ever going to tell you. Melinda is dead. Hmm. And so at 39, my life changed completely. Uh, I went from my primary identification as a twin, my primary archetype, uh, one could say, uh, uh, that had been aroused in me for this lifetime, hmm. to uh, losing everything. Uh, her, like losing part of yourself. was my life. Hmm. And so uh, I can't explain to you other than to say that I became invisible. I was no longer a twin. I was no longer anyone. Uh, I was so uh, debilitated by grief that I could not uh, function. Uh, I, I just had no idea 
uh, Mr. Crawford, how I was going to go on in this lifetime. If I could have breathed life back into her, I would have. If I had known how to reach her, if I knew where she had gone, I would have joined her. I would have suicided in order to do so, to be honest with you, because I did not want to stay in a world where she was not. I could not imagine how to continue to go on one more minute, never mind one more day. And I lived in the most intense pain. And having worked with uh, Dr. Nancy Siegel out at UC Fullerton, she says the uh, worst uh, grief is the twin loss followed by the partner loss, followed by the child loss. And so she worked with a lot of twin, so-called twin less twins, but we aren't less, we're more actually, because we have to incorporate the other one. And so out of that pain, I decided that I would have to figure out where she was so that I could eventually join her as long you know, as I could continue to live, I would. And I had to be assured that wherever I was going after life, that I would, uh, after death, that I would uh, find her. Hmm. And so I began by studying the great world religions to figure out where she had gone uh, and also look deeply into myself. I started studying a lot of uh, Jungian psychology. I got my uh, PhD. I studied the dreams of twins. I chronicled all my dreams because I thought the answers might be deep within me. And of course, there are uh, archetypes that have been innervated since then. Mm. Uh, many memories of her, uh, particularly Lake Huron, uh, uh, where we grew up together, and castles and seagulls and minnows. And so I lived through these symbols mm. in order to find her uh, beneath and behind them. And so then one day I woke up and I said, Oh my goodness, I lived. I survived. Unbelievable. Mm. How did I do it? I never thought I could. And then the next thing I knew, I said, oh, my goodness, now I have to reach back and help the others. Mm. And so I call this a heroine's journey. You know, the famous uh, Carl Jung, of course, and his uh, the neo-Jungian Joseph Campbell. Uh, But it was not the same as the male journey. The male journey is more the knights of the round table who go off looking for the Holy Grail. Of course, they're looking for something within also. But the heroine's journey is closer to finding the inner self, the complexity uh, that uh, lies within, and uh, also the wholeness that lies within. And so that's what I sought, how to become whole. I, uh, you know, lived the, the uh, perfect heroine journey, you know, the magical childhood, the uh, the, the, the fall, mm. the confrontation with a physical death, the time in the underworld, uh, having to come to grips with uh, the demons within, uh, facing my own shadow, and eventually coming back to the world. And I knew what I had to bring back, not only a knowledge of my inner self and the integration of my twin, but I also had to bring back a story about twins so that other twins could be understood because we are not understood. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. 
Um, when you lost Melinda, I'm sure you felt like you lost half of yourself because I feel like in many ways from what you described, you felt the two of you actually made one super person really, you know, uh, like you said, stronger, better than a single. Um, yeah, there you go, flexing the muscles. Um, now that you've taken this journey, are you more at peace? Are you more connected to Melinda? Do you communicate with her? Does she communicate with you? Tell us about that. Oh, yes. We communicate all the time. She sends uh, nature. Uh, ordinarily, it will be a white butterfly, mm. sometimes a yellow butterfly. Yeah. She'll send a seagull. Uh, they were our playmates on Lake Huron. She'll send uh, a, a flower and I'll know that she's speaking to me. And primarily she comes in dreams. I dream about her more frequently now. Mm. And in, uh, I won't uh, tell you the ending of the book. You have to right. read all the way through to the last line. But she has come back to assure me in dreams. And this is quite, quite common in dreams that dream messengers will come back and say, I am well. And this is what the other twins have told me in my dream studies, that the yeah. twin comes back to assure us that uh, she is still here for us and that we are still loved in the same way and that we are still twins. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful thought. I know my mother comes to me in dreams. I lost my mother back in 2004. And particularly when she first died, I had such vivid, vivid dreams about her. And when she was dying, she had such vivid, vivid dreams of everybody in her life, her aunts that were kind to her, her cousins, her mother. Um, so the dream world is certainly not fully understand. And I know that's a book you, or a theme you have also tapped upon in Do Twins Dream Twin Dreams. Um, when Melinda was alive, did you guys have simultaneous dreams sometimes? Did you have twin dreams? Yes, we did. Yeah. And the other twins I've studied for the dissertation uh, would have uh, not only simultaneous dreams, that's quite common with twins, where one's getting married and the other one is the bridesmaid and they both dream, uh, uh, or where um, there's a tornado that happens in both dreams. I remember these dreams but uh, also reciprocal dreams where they're talking to each other, not uncommon at all. And twins do have much more complexity in their dreams. And we have, um, shall we say, more porous boundaries in general, where we're able to perhaps bond or maybe even be highly sensitive to the world around us. We're great lovers. We're mm -hmm. wonderful uh, uh, bonders, you know. Uh, and so, uh, yes, indeed. And uh, notwithstanding the uh, uh, the men we confused by switching places and all of that, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I will assure you, having taken uh, a turn down that path, that our life cycles are not the same as singles either, that we don't have the same milestones. Mm -hmm. We don't have the same... Um, typical developmental stages. Most of the stages that take place for twins have to do with the growth that takes place uh, uh, in these stages have, has to do with separation. 
when we separate, when they put us in different classes, when we separate for college, when we get married, when we, you know, and, and when we die. And so uh, for anyone who would like to know more about the life stages of twins, I'm also working on another book called Healing Twins. And I hope that'll be out in a few months and I'll be writing about life stages in that. Because it's important for those of you out there who know us, who love us, who are married to us, who have parented us, to know what it's like in our world. We are not just singles who happen to look alike. Right. And this is the problem with psychotherapy with twins is that twins do not get the help they need for these separations. And they come to me and they say, Dr. Runyon, my last psychotherapist was horrible. And, you know, the psychotherapists have all different uh, shapes and sizes. Uh, however, if they don't understand twins, they can't help us. We know that we live in a twin world. And honestly, we know you don't understand us. And guess what? We don't care. <laughs> yeah, in it's... some way, we have our own world. So when we meet up with other twins, we know that they are our allies and yeah. that they have some sense of what it's like to be on earth as a twin and the rest of the people good luck with that right. you know we kind of feel sorry for you right. well every <laughs> i've known only a handful of identical twins um right now I'm, I'm not friends with any but you know growing up i became friends with certain identical twins and they did seem to have a special bond of course uh it was always amazing to me that they looked exactly alike i remember i was friends with mike daly and brian daly and i could never tell them apart and they played off of that i also thought it was very very strange that the school had rules that they couldn't be in the same classroom together. <laughs> and I just like, why these guys are great guys. There's because they happen to be each other's best friends. That means we have to tear them apart. I mean, there's a lot of critiques to be yeah. made of schools and that's one of them for sure. They're not run by the best um, and most good hearted people, of course, although uh, they would beg to differ. This is a fascinating talk. This is a fascinating book, The Tao of Twins, A Heroine's Journey by Dr. Marjorie Runyon. If you are curious about twins, if you wanna lift the veil on their very special lives, if you wanna find out about Marjorie's special life with Melinda as well, this is a book that I think will absolutely fascinate you. Dr. Runyon, thank you so much for joining us here today on Spotlight. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a, a real pleasure. Pleasure has been mine. I truly enjoyed the talk. And to the folks at home, I'm Logan Crawford, thanking you for your time this time. Until next time on Spotlight. <laughs>